Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm just Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooks. Hey, what's up, the people, Tyler? What's up, people? Uh, I just got my new setup. I'm in my office for the first time I think we've ever recorded a pod. I'm using my desktop, so we got an Ethernet connection. There's going to be no weird lag in my voice. Uh, I got a ring light. I feel like I'm a freaking Instagram or TikTok girl. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on right now. I also have a ring light. I've never used it. Never seriously. So I don't have, I have like, I have my apartment complex. You have to like pay to install light fixtures. So this office has always been terrible for lighting because I ain't paying to get a light in here. Um, You pay to get light fixtures? Like you have to buy the light fixture and then pay them to install it. So there's no light. America, dude. My bad. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, you can see me right now. They can't. The lighting with this ring light. I look decent. I look halfway decent. Um, so right before we got on air, you were telling me about some dumb trade that ESPN had for Aaron Rodgers. Let's go Mm -hmm. ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah. So for some reason they decided, what if the Jets did a three team trade with the Packers and Seahawks? And it was the worst trade I've seen. It's easier to solve this problem involving a third party into this whole thing. I'm sure that'll make it go much more smoothly. So not only is it a third team involved, the Packers had to give up a second and a third round pick in order to get uh, the 13th and a conditional third. There's no chance. The third team also requires them to give up more to get rid of Rodgers. They want a second-round pick and an unconditional first-round pick for Aaron. The second goes to Seattle. I don't understand why why Seattle gets involved in this. Sounds like all they do is just exist and they get two seconds, which for them sounds great. The best offer on the table right now is San Francisco. It's the two-thirds and the unconditional first in the future um plus we got trey lance news today apparently teams mm-hmm. are sniffing around on him i wouldn't be surprised about it if, if houston was a team to pull that trigger one because D'Amico already has experience with him and seems like bryce young was their guy which is what we said on the pod last week i feel so good about the pod last week i'm happy we did the top oh, yeah. 10 because now everyone has like the same information that i, I was throwing out there i think um there's more teams interested in in uh in uh Jalen Carter than I was aware to right like I was like I don't yeah. know how serious the Seahawks are and stuff like that but um outside of that feel feel pretty good I know this is a Packers podcast and no one gives a shit but huge win for the Colts it feels like if Bryce Young goes number one they don't have to take the risk on that Texans might not take a quarterback they may have to just trade up one spot and then they can get Stroud or Richardson um, I think I have so say, many. I I don't know how many teams are like seriously considering drafting yeah. Stroud. Yeah, that one is probably one of the more interesting developments. But I don't know. I'd rather I, have Richardson like, at this point. I just think off just taking a swing on someone, yeah. especially from the Colts' perspective. I got so many people in Indy that are just so tired of boring veterans. Like it could go horribly, but at least Richardson would be very fun. Yeah, I guess that's something. Um. I feel like I wanted to bring up something other than Aaron Rodgers. No, for Aaron Rodgers. Ah, oh, classic. The Jets was just reminded this past week. Um, if you're wondering, so we went over the whole timeline, right? Like Woody Johnson gets spooked by Aaron Rodgers saying that he's 90% retired, decides I'm only going to give up a second round pick this year and a conditional pick next year. That's obviously way, 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 way lower than what they originally offered the Packers are sitting pretty and saying like, okay, well, we'll drag this out. And then if worse comes to worse, like Aaron Rodgers is in jet. He goes somewhere else. He sits on our bench. We trade him at whenever someone loses their quarterback due to an injury or at the trade deadline or whatever, but we're not going to take a bad offer just because Aaron Rodgers wants to be a jet. Right. Um, How, uh, 
thick-headed is Woody Johnson at times. You have to remember, this is while he was overseas. This is while he was the ambassador for, I don't know if it's England or the United Kingdom. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember which one, which one of those things it is. It's all the same thing. With me. Um, sorry to our, our friends overseas. Um, but Zach Wilson had that massive contract dispute with the Jets, you know, coming in. He didn't sign until July 29th of his rookie year. I forgot so, about that. Was that offset language or was it something completely different? It was offset language. They argued about offset language, and then he got thrown into the fire immediately, played terribly, lost all confidence, and they ruined the second overall pick over offset language. So how long can this drag out? A long time, guys. This might not be done draft week. We'll see. We'll see. I know, I like I've said before, like the conversations about the pick swap and stuff ha- have been real. I don't think it's a major part of the trade, but like if you're talking pick swap, you obviously have to be thinking like, okay, this is going to get done th- this week, basically. I will see. Day two of the draft. Um, next, so we've gone over our position rankings. Top five. Whoa, position- whoa, whoa. That's the fastest we've ever gone through Rogers watch. I it is. We usually yeah, it takes 30 Yeah, nothing's really happened this week. Um so yeah, that was Rogers watch. Uh we've gone through top 5 positions in need, right? Ranked the players at least in the top 100 um that we've seen. We went last week, we did our our guys, right? We we gave gold stars two players at each position that are like our dudes in this draft class. Now I want to talk about the visits because the Packers are getting their visits reported actually way earlier than last year. I think last year, up to this point, we still needed like half of their visits. The Packers are allotted 30 visits, right? Um, I think this year right now, there's a reported 27 of 30. So we basically know who they brought in. Um, Why do visits matter? So under Ted Thompson, visits were basically used for character medicals and uh, undrafted free agent recruiting. That was basically like an arm of their recruiting, right? Um, Under Goot, that's changed a little bit. And I think some of it is that Goot is more likely to hold on to his draft picks. I think it's also that it's harder now to make the Packers as an undrafted free agent with how their special teams is set up. Last year, the only undrafted free agent to make the team was Jack Coco, for example, right? You go Jack Coco. You go Jack Coco, the long snapper. And he was a guy who's brought in, you know, rookie minicamp tryout, all that stuff. He wasn't even one of like the big, quote unquote, big UDFA signings. Um, The Packers ended up drafting six guys out of the 30 from their list, plus brought in plenty more as undrafted free agents or uh, picked them up off of waivers in season when they got a chance to you know, have access to him. Like, uh, oh, dang. There's some Florida offensive lineman on the roster. I forget his name. John DeLance, I think is what it is, who, like, originally signed with the Raiders and then, you know, got let go, signs with the Packers later on. So here are guys that you need to know of this class. We're going to go position by position, just kind of talk about not only just the player, but, like, the vibes at the position. So, like, yep. quarterback is the first one. They brought in two quarterbacks, Okay. First one is Hennon Hooker from Tennessee. He's 44th on the consensus draft board. I think Daniel Jeremiah today is doing a Reddit AMA on the NFL uh, subreddit and said, you know, there's more than a 50% chance he goes in the first round. And then the second guy is actually Sean Clifford, quarterback at a Penn State, who's ranked 505th. He's on the 500. Consensus. That's appropriate. That's an appropriate ranking. So this is probably the widest split we have at like a position yeah. for, for just a few prospects, right? So uh Clifford is probably so Clifford was efficient at Penn State they ran a ton of RPO stuff I don't think it really translates to the NFL but he was efficient he did play a lot of ball games um I think he's probably best going to be known as the guy who ran Will Levis out of town because Will Levis was the quarterback at Penn State for a while um so what do we think about this I mean Hooker's Hooker I still don't like is this if he falls like not even in the second round, like he's got to like fall into the third for them to seriously consider it. Right. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I genuinely think this visit was a kind of throw people off, but also we want to get an outside perspective on Darnell Wright and Jalen Hyatt. 
Because I think those are two guys that they are legitimately interested in at positions of need. Hooker's not falling to where they want him. I think they know that he's going to go earlier than they would realistically take him. Um, but like you talked, it's probably also a medical thing. They probably wanted to get a look at his yeah. knee just in case, but also the added benefit of, you know, learning a little bit more about his teammates. Clifford sucks. I I hate being mean about prospects. I try to stay positive. He's bad. He's a bad football player, and he's older than Jordan Love. He like, I, I it's a UDFA pitch. He'll probably be a camp arm. I would be floored. He's like, he's like a impoverished man's Sam Ellinger. Clifford is so weird because, so like, visits are odd. Right, because what does a visit mean? Like, are these guys that you really want? Sometimes, yeah. But sometimes it's guys with character questions. Sometimes it's guys with medical questions or flying across the country, getting second looks on their knees and stuff like that and stuff like that. Um, but like Kalijah Kansi said today, right? Like, he's probably going to be a first-round pick defensive lineman. Doesn't have a single visit. And it's just now, like, the way he worded it, it made it sound like he offered visits and just said, nah. <laughs> At least that's the way I I heard it. Which he wanted to I, see America, man. He wanted to take a tour. the The thing with Clifford, Clifford's getting a ton of recruiting visits, and that's exactly what they are because he's going to end up being a UDFA. I think. Yeah. Um, Rose Bowl MVP, dude. Did, was he really? Uh, at least he was like offensive player of the game or something. Oh my god. Um. So the Packers obviously have a question mark at quarterback behind. Um, you know, Jordan Love. The only other quarterback on the roster outside of Aaron Rodgers is Danny Edling. That's the that's the other thing that I have a question mark about too. Can you even turn a third round pick in for Hooker? Because like if he's there, third round pick, you take him. Now you have four quarterbacks on the roster. Like you can't if your your whole thing is like we're gonna sit on Aaron Rodgers until we get proper value back for him. Can you sit on three quarterbacks? And just like go the entire year like that when you have such a young team, like I don't know, roster spot wise, it doesn't make sense for them to have three. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just honestly don't draft one and they go into undrafted free agency and just sign camp arms. Um oh, there's ahead. a there's a there's a couple backups I'd be interested on in day three. Um not Hooker or Sean Clifford. Someone like Dorian Thompson Robinson or Stets, even Stetson Bennett. I actually I would be a little – I'm a little surprised they didn't bring in a guy like Stetson Bennett for a visit because they do need a backup quarterback, and he has character concerns theoretically, right? That seems yeah. like the perfect kind of visit, but – Well, there's knows? three more that have been unannounced, so maybe all three of those guys are quarterbacks. Who knows? Um, it's Stetson Bennett three times. <laughs> Stetson Bennett, the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Um, running back. Top guy on the board. So there's like two draft picks, right? So it's Keaton Mitchell – the running back at ECU, he's ranked 150th on the consensus draft board. Evan Hull from, from uh, Northwestern, he's 186th. And then they also brought in Lou Nichols III from Central Michigan, who is 364th. I would assume that that is a uh, UDFA, you know, recruiting visit, stuff like that. Keen Mitchell is interesting, very small. I mean, we're talking about a guy who probably played at like 270. Um Comes from a very Wait, athletic family. 270? Or 170, my bad. I was like, I'm, what? I'm bad about getting one digit off. I, I've done that a lot when people just like hit me up and be like, you were off by 100 pounds. I'm like, oh, well, I'm a dummy. Um, 170 pounds. He reminds me of like Tyler Irvin. Um, I don't think he's like. I oh, Some people are going to say Aaron Jones. I think that's crazy. This guy is so tiny. Um, how tall? I think. How tall? Mm-hmm. Look it up. Uh, yeah, full disclosure on all three of these. I just looked at it. Uh, I, I this might be the first time we're talking. I haven't watched any of them. He is under five eight. He is an eighth under five eight. So what but you're he, telling me is that Deuce Vaughn? There's a chance that Deuce Vaughn isn't too small. There's a chance. I, running back is the one position I think the Packers just do not care about height at all, and I think it makes sense. Like, yeah, I just don't think it matters at all, and I think yeah. the Barry Sanders pick probably informed them about that a while back um they, they've talked about like printing out a sheet like the i guess the story was like uh they printed out a sheet of like all the running backs who were like as tall as barry sanders ever and they were like see 
this, the numbers aren't good, but it was like a very short list. And they were like, we got to turn in the pick for, for Mandarich or whatever his name was and kind of blew up in their face. But so Keaton Mitchell running back ECU 437, 40, 38 inch vertical. I'm sorry. Did you say four, three, seven? Is yes. that digit correct? Yes. That digit is correct. So, so is the 38 inch vertical. He's dude. He's a little water bug, man. Like he is crazy athletic, crazy fast, but he's teeny tiny. Like he's going to be probably a return man, jet sweep specialist, all that stuff. Like maybe you want to have him run in screens on like third down, but like he's not going to be an every down back. He's also a redshirt sophomore. He's a pretty young kid. Um, I think his mom was like an all American track athlete. He has many members in his family. Like everyone in his family is either a track athlete or played football. Um, so worth keeping an, uh, an eye on him. I know I just saw Emery Hunt on like CBS Sportsnet. The man, I love Emery. Yeah, I love Emery. Uh, it was a college running back, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And he said that Keaton Mitchell was like his fifth running back in this class. So like, I don't see it as an every down back, but like he can be a weapon for sure on a rookie contract. Do you pay that guy after one deal? I think probably not, but like he can do the Tavon Austin, the the Tyler Irvin stuff. And if you can get him in like the sixth round, like, okay, do it. They need I a wrote his- turner still too. Like people forget that like Keyshawn Nixon is only doing kick returns, basically. Yep. So. I wrote his name down. Uh you have you have pitched me well on Keaton Mitchell, so I will go and watch him at some point. Okay. Second guy, Evan Hull, who had I think he's being marketed as like an every down back, but as our own Paul Noonan uh, broke down, like he had like something ridiculous receiving yards in one single game against a bad opponent. So like all his receiving yards came against like one team. He is more of an every down back than uh, Keaton is, but I also think he's probably going to go around the same range. He declared as redshirt junior, ran a four four seven at 209 pounds. 37-inch vertical jump, seems to be a pretty good athlete. Um, Northwestern didn't have a lot going for him this year, right? Like, Skaronsky is going to be, like, the highest drafted, uh, like, top – he's going to be, like, a, the top 10 pick with, like, the fewest amount of wins, like, in the history of the draft because he played at Northwestern. Um, kind of think he's interesting as, like, a potential third back because, you know, the Packers have struggled in recent years. I, I think they wanted Kylan Hill to fill that third back role yeah. and then – you know, that didn't end up going right with the ACL tear. And then whatever led to the mid- mid-season release where LaFleur was like, yeah, he wasn't living up to expectations. and they That was didn't... wild because, yeah. like, LaFleur is usually very optimistic and positive and encouraging about guys. And, like, that comment was coach speak for go fuck yourself, basically. It yeah. was pretty rough. Yeah. So they need a third running back. I think Evan Hall can uh, kind of fill okay. that. Lou Nichols is interesting. He was a guy who had a ton of offers, apparently, like like uh, offers to like AAC program or a, yeah AAC programs, and he turned him down to hang out at Central Michigan. Um, so I don't know, maybe the future Patrick Taylor. That's what I got on, on Lou Nichols. I don't got much. <laughs> um, wide receiver. We were both yeah. very excited when this one yeah, got announced yeah. yesterday or got reported yesterday when he posted a uh, video of him at Lambeau Field on Instagram. Rasheed Rice, wide receiver, SMU, uh, 73rd on the consensus draft board. He was one of my guys when we were giving out gold stars at the receiver position. Him and A.T. Perry were, were the guys that I think I like more than anyone else, um, you know, relative to the consensus in this draft. Love it. Just an all-around player, tough dude. You call him like the acrobat in this yeah. draft class. He's not like the tallest guy. But, you know, he's like six foot, 200 pounds, can run pretty good, had decent athleticism across the board, has years of production under his belt. Like, if you need him to be like the third guy, like, he'll be right, he'll be right there with Dobbs. I, I know sports science, like, debunked the theory of, like, catch radius or whatever, saying that it was, like, BS way back in the day. But, like, his catch radius, like, he catches everything around him, right? So it reminds his me- arms are long as hell. It reminds me a little of a guy you didn't like. I liked a lot. Jahan Dotson last year where, you know, he wasn't like the biggest guy, but just if you threw around him, you were going to catch the ball. Um, So big fan of him. We talked about toughness when we brought him up in the wide receivers pod. Like I can't remember what game it was, but when he just got wrecked, 
clearly in pain and just finished out that game. Um, it, it impressed me quite a bit. And that's the kind of guys I want in my locker room. But, uh, was there some off field stuff someone was saying? Was it today, this week? It wasn't a McGinn thing, was it? I think it was a McGinn thing. Mm. Um, okay. Then I might just, it was just vague, vague off field. Yeah. I think it was just vague off field. Um, I don't, I don't like speculating on off field stuff about kids. I know nothing about. Speaking of scouting reports, I do want to bring this up because I thought it was funny. This is my ringing endorsement of Dane Brugler's scouting reports at The Athletic. I was reading them, and I learned that I coached a former first-round pick. Did not realize that at all. He was talking – he has in the scouting report Drew Sanders, and I was like, Drew Sanders? And he goes, you know, I had known that name, obviously, and it's like, you know, grew up in Hood River, Oregon. And I was like, wait, is this Mitch's kid? And then, like, a sentence later is like – his dad, head coach, Mitch Sanders. And I was like, that's amazing. What? Yeah. But I was like, wait, it's that Drew Sanders. He he moved to Texas after that. I moved to Portland, obviously. So, um, yeah, that, that's my ringing scouting report. Dane Brugler is the feds. Go, go. He's a it. private investigator turned <laughs> NFL draft scout. <laughs> go read his stuff at the athletic. It, it's good. It's, I, I reference it all the time. They're frankly the only scouting reports I end up reading because they're for the so most good. Part, it's, it's just like a quick look for me, and then outside of that, I'm just like texting and calling people. Um, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver out of Virginia, is another receiver that they brought in, 148th. Yeah, your guy. Talk about him, because I still have not seen him. Just watch his 2021 tape. Please don't. His 2022 tape will drive you nuts just because the offense is weird, and he's dropping a lot of balls. I don't think he played with confidence because of those drops. Um, the 2021 tape's awesome, and you just see a guy that, you know, runs crazy hard on his routes. We've kept, we've talked about it every time he gets brought up, but just like the little things, head turns, manipulate with your shoulders, sinks his hips well. Just, I think he can run a full route tree. Um, and he's got that size athletic profile where I think, you know, day, late day two, early day three, he's going to, you know, he'll be a productive player, kind of, you know, that Romeo Dobbs range of where he could go. Two more wide receivers. Both of them are completely unranked on the consensus draft board, which basically means like no one has mocked them at all in the draft, which I find kind of surprising. First one is Cole Tucker from Northern Illinois. I do wonder if this is a local pro day one, and maybe this doesn't count as an official visit because last year, uh, Radakavich, the fullback from Northern Illinois, was at Green Bay's local pro day before he ended up tearing his ACL and basically, you know, was a non-factor in the NFL process. Um, and then the other one is Ryan Miller out of Furman. He is wide receiver sized. He apparently played tight end at Furman and was an All-American tight end at Furman. Is that the um, guy that was like a three-time All-American? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But he was like 100, he's like two, I almost did it again. I almost said 108 pounds. 208 pounds. Um, I guess he, once he converted to wide receiver, he was the MVP at the Hula Bowl. I wasn't at the Hula Bowl. I didn't watch the Hula Bowl. I haven't watched Furman. Um, but I would assume that this is a and, – and Tucker also, you know, along with Miller, are both, you know, wide receivers who have that same type of frame that, that Matt LaFleur looks for. Same thing with Rice and Wicks, honestly. Like, none of this should be dissuading you that, like, LaFleur is looking at 200-pounders. I think Tucker and Miller are basically free agent – on free agent recruiting trips. Pop Tight quiz. end – Oh God! Where is Furman? Furman is in South Carolina. Ah, boo! Paladins. Yes. Yeah, the Packers drafted a quarterback from there at one point. I had to Google where Furman was. Paladins is a kick-ass mascot name, though. Strong, strong name. I I know the Paladins because there used to be. I I knew that they're in South Carolina because there used to be an all-star game on the circuit in South Carolina, ran by the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. That's that's sicko brain right there. Dumb, my brain is wired. Uh, tight end. This is where lots of big names. So, there the big names basically fall under two and a half categories. If you're looking at the top of the draft, it's tight ends, it's edge rushers, and then you have Darnell Wright, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame, twenty fourth ranked player. Dalton Kincaid, Utah, twenty seventh ranked player. Darnell Washington. Georgia, 30th-ranked player. Um, I guess let's talk about those three in a group. Those are three of the four highest-rated tight ends in the class. I think the only guy missing is... Um, Musgrave? 
Musgrave. Yeah, it'd be Musgrave. Um, Kincaid has a back injury. That might be why they want to look at him. Um, Mayer is about as clean of a prospect as can get. So you would think that they're just really trying to figure out like if they do or don't want to take a tight end at 15 or in a potential trade down, or if they're going to be there, you know, at 45 or wherever their second round pick is going to be at. Um, I think it's worth noting. I mean, they brought in five tight ends, which is more than any other position in this class. So yeah, they're they're looking at the position guys and they're looking at it high. I know people don't want to hear that, but it is what it is. The haters will be furious if they take one at 15. I won't, especially if it's starting out Washington. Um, we're throwing a party in the APC viewing party uh, if that happens, because man, that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, it's very clear. It's very clear that they are looking at the the big three and that's a possibility. If they do trade back, I imagine they try to trade back with someone in front of Cincinnati because it just definitely seems like the Bengals might take one. So let's talk about these guys a little bit just because, well, we talked about Washington last week, but the tight end, uh, the tight end episode was a while ago. Michael Mayer, just your prototypical kind of like all round tight end. He can do a little bit of everything. Ended up leaving uh, Notre Dame as a, what, three year starter who broke all of the receiving records for tight ends, despite declaring as a junior. Don Kincaid was a guy who's really broken out this past season um, because of an injury to Brent Keithy, who's like basically like college football Kyle Juszczyk. Um, He got hurt really early in the season, and Kincaid ended up taking over as a full-time starter. He's dealt with back stuff. Um, I don't think he ran at either the combine or his pro day because of his back, but now he's apparently – uh, been medically cleared. I, I saw his doctor release, you know, a thing and sent it to all 32 teams. Um, he's more of a, like an F or an H. So like, he's, he's kind of a guy you can split him out wide. Um, but when he's, you know, in the formation, you want him off the ball more than you want him on the ball. So like, he's, he's not exactly mayor. Who's kind of like a, a Y and can play H just because he's so good at Y. And then Darnell Washington who's the true why you want him in line, tight end, hand in the dirt. That's what he did at Georgia. Didn't get thrown the ball much because uh, they had Brock Bowers, who's an all-American pass catching small, you know, tight end. Plus Georgia's up by 50 points every game. So it's not like they need to throw the damn ball. Um, His yards per catch is really good. But again, you know, it's a volume thing. He's basically physically Gronkowski. Um, That's a plus. That's fun. I really want Washington, dude. I really do. I, know. I I will say this because I know our colleagues aren't as high on Mayer. I'd still be happy with Mayer. Um, I would too. Yeah, for sure. Kincaid is the one where I'm like, oh man, one year tight end with a broken back, <laughs> like and no athletic testing. Like, and in my opinion, like fake ass production. Just I just had someone tweet at me before this podcast that you know they wouldn't like Washington because he didn't have the numbers of the other two, and it's like you're talking about two completely different roles on an offense. Yeah, like yeah, I'm sure if you put Washington in that same role, I don't think he's going to be as good at it naturally, but he's going to get production. Well, even when I was watching uh, Utah, I thought it was interesting because it was after Keithy had gotten hurt, right? Yeah. So in their two tight end sets, because it's Utah, they're still going to run two tight end sets. Their why wasn't Kincaid. Their why was some kid who transferred in from Idaho. And I was like, what the hell? So, you know, you're talking about three different tight ends on that Utah team, and there was basically no circumstance where in two tight end sets they wanted to play Kincaid as the why. And in Matt LaFleur's offense, you know, you're going to have to have a guy with his hand in the dirt. Like, yep. that's why Tunyon couldn't be on the field 24-7 and why Mercedes Lewis at his age and – his pass catching ability, he wasn't getting, you know, he, he was on the field still. Um, two other guys, Josh Wiley, tight end Cincinnati, 149th. You want to talk about him a little bit because I haven't seen him yet? Yeah, uh, I mean, he's huge. I mean, I, I don't have his measurables up in front of me right now, but, like, think about inline guy, insert blocker. I feel like they ran a lot of him, like, detached, but would use him as a blocker. Um, he has some ability to stretch the down the field, but um, you know, he's a day three guy for sure. The, the, just the thing that stands out to me most is just that he can block his ass off and he's huge, which pretty on brand for what the Packers are looking at. I've heard a lot of people say that he's right there with like Schumacher in terms of like that, like seventh 
tight end and stuff like that. Also, by the way, you know, there's a lot of crap in the Bob McGinn stuff, but one thing that he did write up, uh, basically Schumacher had like an undisclosed injury this past year and we couldn't figure out what it was. Apparently he injured both of his shoulders and uh, he didn't run at Notre or at uh, Michigan because of a plantar fasciitis issue. So that's the reason why Luke Schumacher, who is like our seventh ranked tight end, but is like right there on the tier break might not be loved by NFL teams as much as we loved him on film. Um, Last guy, tight end Ben Simmons uh, uh, from, from Baylor. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I I did. Oh my goodness. I I don't want Ben Simmons on my team. That guy, that guy just won't play. Ben Simms, tight end Baylor, ranked 369th on the consensus draft board. I think he might actually have a chance to get to uh, get drafted. He's been on a lot of visits lately. He he was a pretty impressive athlete just in terms of the measurables. I haven't seen him, um, but I, I know Football Outsiders just did a uh, post about like you know using athleticism and pass catching metrics to kind of like project. Um, tight ends moving forward and surprisingly Ben Sims was like eighth on that list and they have a pretty good track record there so I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a sixth or seventh round pick or something like that not even necessarily just a UDFA type of player I want to check him out yeah that's that's an interesting name for sure if I recall he's like number eight or something I I always have that problem with single digit tight ends because I feel like it just makes them look faster than they are on the field I don't know why this is just a stupid football brain thing that's funny uh, offensive line, they brought in three guys. There's really one notable name. It's kind of like the uh, quarterback position. Darnell Wright, offensive lineman, Tennessee, 26 overall. As we mentioned before, Packers are all over these Tennessee guys, right? Like they're apparently interested in uh, they're interested in wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. They brought in Hendon Hooker in on a visit. They're bringing in Wright on a visit. Um, uh, Kuiper drafted. Um, Byron Young, their pass rusher, like 45th overall to them in the second round. Goot was there at Tennessee's pro day. Like, there's just a lot of smoke around that. Like, they no one can figure out which Tennessee guy that they want, but they clearly want a Tennessee guy because they're putting a ton of effort into these uh evaluations. Right played left tackle in 2021, he played right tackle in 2020 and 2022. He was an all SEC player. Um, think. There's going to be a tackle run right around when the Packers draft. And yep. the drop-off at tackle is very quick after the top six guys. Wright is the only guy who kind of hits their athletic measurables because a lot of guys didn't test or tested poorly. Like Skaronsky tested poorly. The Oklahoma tackle uh, tested poorly in terms of the numbers that they look at um, and, and they've drafted historically. So I think it's kind of like right or nothing at tackle at 15. The Packers obviously, you know, Bakhtiari is going to have like a $40 million cap hit next season. That makes him a potential cap casualty. Josh Nyman just signed his one-year uh, restricted free agency tender. So he's going to be on on the team for another year, but like that's all he's under contract for. Maybe Zach Tom develops into a long-term tackle, but even then, if both of those guys are gone, then you still need at least one more. So maybe yep. this is the year to take right, just sit him on the bench for a year and – Hopefully develops into something so that by 2024 you can hit the ground running. I mean, I know that doesn't sound sexy, but like, so it's a left tackle, and I know we drafted our last one in the fourth round. That doesn't happen very often. No, I've got one little note about it, and then I got a hypothetical to throw at you. But uh, uh, did you see his uh, DMs to that one guy? Yeah, well, I saw it to some girl. Some girl was. DMing every like NFL offensive. Oh, I'm talking about a different DM. You had another. Oh, he was talking about uh, left tackle, right tackle. Yeah, left tackle, right tackle. He was like called a guy a dick eater, and then responded. (laughs) I guess a couple hours later, and said little heavy on the dick eater part. My bad. And then had like a nice conversation with this guy, which honestly to me, very funny. That's very offensive line. Yeah, stock up. Just like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I overreacted, (laughs) but I have a quick trigger. Uh, uh, it was funny. Uh, and then the other thing, proposal. Uh, let's say there's a tackle run there, but right still on the board. Someone offers you to trade up. Do you take right or do you trade back and get Darnell Washington? I'd probably trade back. I'm team trade back. Yeah. More value. Teams trading up are desperate. Teams More sevens. Or not. 
more seventh round picks. Not sevens, not sevens. Um, the other two offensive linemen that the Packers brought in, uh, Antonio Moffy, not Antonio. Nope. Antonio. I hope Wild I'm saying story. that right. Um, from UCLA, 284th. Uh, he comes from the same high school as uh, David Bakhtiari, Sarah High School in the Bay. Um, our buddy, Coach Fass, on Twitter, who you probably, you know, if you guys are on sports Twitter, you guys probably follow him, um, coached him in high school. He said that he used to play Mafe or Mafi at, like, defensive end at, like, 400 pounds against, like, wing T teams just to shut down the run. Um, thought that that was interesting. Mafi actually ended up going to UCLA first as a defensive lineman and then moved to the offensive line. He was like 410 pounds. Is that right? He was a big he's, boy. He's lost like 70 pounds. Yeah. Or something insane like that. Um, you can still sell, tell that like his weight is an issue. He just moves very slowly. Uh, that being said, he's pretty damn good against the run. Like he can definitely pave the way for guys. Uh, his pass pros are okay. Uh, he is like a late day three guy uh, with just an interesting story. I know uh, he's talked about how hard it was to lose that weight, like mental health and food as like a, a coping thing for him. Um, so it's a guy I'm rooting for. He just seems like he has a fascinating story um, and his film was okay. So I, I imagine he'll get drafted. And if not, I think he'll be a priority undrafted guy. Agree. He's like, right, right yeah. on that line. The other guy was Kadeem Telfort. Uh, this one just got announced today from, from UAB. He's massive. He's like six, eight or something like that. And that's pretty much all I got. I think, I think this guy is a, uh, undrafted free agent recruiting visit he is tall next next <laughs> position next uh interior defensive line which technically they only have one spot depending on what you count at a at a bar um but Jacqueline Roy the defensive lineman out of LSU he's ranked 105th on the consensus draft board which means yep that's right you guessed it right I haven't seen him Tyler have you seen this guy yes I have okay thank you give me something uh, so the thing I was like really impressed with, cause like he's a big boy and like, he's not like a world beater, but I was really impressed with how much he's able to stay on the field. And maybe that's just cause I went from watching Siaki Ika to watching him, but like, yeah. I feel like he rarely gets to take a spell and like for a guy that big, like that stamina, I, I think is worth mentioning. Cause I think there is some value there. Um, let me see what else I wrote down. Let me get my notes out. Cause it's been a while since I've watched this guy, and this is great podcasting. Uh, he does get extended well when taking on blocks, which helps him disengage. Um, he can flash a good bull rush. Um, you know, there's there's some solid explosiveness there, but, you know, balance is an issue. He's not going to be able to quickly change directions. Uh, like, he can't retrace the pocket. Uh, and, you know, obviously we don't know pass rush responsibilities, but it did feel like he freelanced a bit and kind of allowed quarterbacks to escape at times. Edge rusher, like I said, when we talked about tight ends, is the other position where it seems like they're targeting a bunch of guys in a cluster at the top of the draft. So tight end, right, it's three guys from 24th to 30th. At edge rusher, it's four guys ranked from 31st on the consensus draft board to 48th. So you think they're interested in taking one in the second round, Tyler? Do you? I think so. I think so. I think they might do it. Um, First one, Will McDonald, the fifth. Uh, edge rusher out of Iowa State. You weren't a big fan of him. I liked him. He's an undersized guy. He's like 230 pounds. I really don't know how he fits into this defense, but I think he's a good pass rusher. Unfortunately, he played as an interior lineman, basically, a whole lot at Iowa State. Yes, that's right. The 230-pounder did play interior defensive line, and I'm not missing a digit on that one. Um, (laughs) I think he understands two-way goes really well. I think he's basically like a designated pass rusher. I don't know what the hell you do with him when Gary is healthy. Yeah. Cause I don't know how you play two designated pass rushers like that at the same time. That I think the reason this visit confuses me is like, you guys got your asses kicked against the run so much, especially early on in the season. Uh, I, I just don't see the fit there with, with one scary's back. Um, Cause it seems like they're looking at bigger edge bodies, you know, elsewhere or even guys that could kick inside. Yeah. Next guy, Felix Anodike Uzama. This is your guy that you were super yeah. excited about when it was announced yesterday. The edge rusher from Kansas State. He's ranked 42nd overall on the consensus draft board. I give you the platform. Speak yeah. your mind. Long arms, good extension, flashes, crazy pass rush moves. 
Uh, it's not consistent yet. Like it still feels a little raw. That being said, he was the big 12 defensive player of the year. Like he did get pass rush protection, uh, production, sorry, not protection. Um, it's just those flashes that really sold me on him. Cause like the athletic profile and length and everything is appealing like on, you just, you know, on paper, but when you can flash those moves, like the bend, the edge, the inside out moves, all that, um, that's where I get excited. Cause I think you can really turn him into a really complete player because of those flashes. I'm going to nail this one. Finally. Addy Tamiwa, Addy Bare. I think I got it. We did. Pretty good. It took me four episodes, but I finally got it. Out of Northwestern, he's ranked 43rd overall. He was brought in on a visit. He is kind of like a hybrid interior guy, edge guy. I think he's an edge guy, but I've seen a lot of people list him as an interior guy. I think he's a really good edge setter, um, you know, in terms of the run game. I don't think he knows how to rush the passer yet. I I agree. I think he's going to be a little bit of a project at the next level, but at least he can do that. He is – so very different from Will McDonald. And that's why these visits are a little bit confusing to me. Yeah. I mean, I keep saying, I just think with his body and build and strength, a, a Dean Lowry role can make sense early on. Maybe you just can move him there and play him in kind of that Preston edge setter role. Um, just in like, just cause he doesn't know how to rush the passer yet. Like someone can teach him that. Like I, I would hope because with that athletic profile, you learn how to rush the pass rusher, I think it's going to be game over because he's just so dang athletic. The last edge rusher, Keon White uh, from Georgia Tech, 48th on the consensus draft board. He's kind of similar to Adebare. Um Just worse? I mean, what else am I supposed to say other than that? Like, he's a little bit overage. He started at Old Dominion as a tight end prospect, moved to defensive line. Transferred to Georgia Tech, got hurt, had to redshirt, and then played. Um, he's on the ground a whole lot. I thought he'd be a lot stronger for his size um, than he actually was. There are some times where he just dog walks a guy back, but, like, I don't know, ACC guards aren't playing at the NFL level, right? It's like <laughs> their left tackles are the ones playing at the NFL how, level. How dare you speak ill of Chandler Zavala out of NC State? <laughs> From Fair, Fairmont State transfer, Chandler Zavala, whose dad is a three-time chopped champion. That's how Wait, much what? I know. Yeah, that's how much I know about this draft class. Um, so, yeah, Keon White's interesting. He actually yeah. got invited to the NFL draft. He was, like, the one notable name that got invited um, in terms of, like, guys that, like, aren't projected to be, you know, top 20-ish picks. I have a bad feeling that he could be the first-round pick. and that makes I know. Me worried. I was about to bring that up. Like Will this McDonald at fifteen. Card. Will McDonald at fifteen. I don't think I'd be psyched, but like I get, I can see a role there. Keon, that's that's a reach, man. Like second round would be fine. First round for this guy. I just what's what's the thing he does that I makes him know. a first round pick? Yeah, and he got invited to the draft. I'm just, I don't know. I don't get that one. Linebacker. There's no linebacker technically. We'll, we'll get to the technically at the next position, safety. Jartavius Martin is the highest-ranked safety, 88th um, out of Illinois. He is a hybrid safety slash corner prospect at this point. He 88th? Ran so- 88th. It's through the roof, man. You run a four- Man changed four- his name to Quan and got a total rebrand. Yeah. So he, w- he was the post-safety at Illinois. Illinois played a lot of single high. Uh, Jartavis Martin was the post safety. He replaced um, who's the guy in Detroit uh, that got all those interceptions? Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph, the guy who picked off Aaron Rodgers fifty times this past year. Martin was the guy who replaced him this past season. Um, so Martin ran well enough that you know people are considering him a potential corner um, conversion now. Kind of feels like Demarius Randall. I guess is like, mm, okay. It's kind of, you know, one of the last times that we've seen that type of a move. Um, I don't think Illinois really put him in a great position to flash his skills because you're playing post safety in the big 10. So like <laughs> what you're going to get looks against Ohio state. And that's pretty much it. Um, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, would be interesting. Does fit kind of all their stuff is like one of the only safeties in this class who can run well at the top, but, yeah, 88th 
a lot of the reason that he's going to go on day two is because of his athleticism and yeah. potential, not what he can do right now. Yeah, I mean, when watching Illinois tape, I was always watching Sidney Brown because you just don't see a lot of good film that shows you what Martin can do. Um, so this is one where it's absolutely like scouts are just projecting off athleticism and yeah. traits. And, you know, um, I'm going to forget his name, but the defensive coordinator at Illinois now head coach at Purdue. Um, Walters, Brian Walters. Walters. Like that's a really good coach to learn from before you jump to the NFL. So they're probably thinking that combined with, you know, athleticism, that's where he can have a role in the NFL. But this is where the NFL guys get paid the big, big bucks because I watched him a bit on film and I could not get a feel for him. You know, if I were thinking about drafting Jartavis Martin, I would also want him in on a visit, right? Like, I think that's what it boils exactly, down to. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. hey, let's make sure we know what we're getting into here. Because yep. this could be, this is a big old mystery box. Um, Jamie Robinson, safety out of Florida State. He's ranked 94th. I think we both agreed that he's more of a nickel more than anything mm-hmm. at the NFL level. Yeah. Um, feels good to just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. He's that's, a fine nickel. That's how I feel. Yeah, he's just, he's pretty solid. He's a pretty good tackler. I, I think he's going to be a nickel. I don't think he's a starting safety. Um, cool cool Mark, name. That, that'll be something nice I say about him. He's got a cool name. I've been let know it's not Marty, it's Marte. Marte Mapu is a hybrid safety linebacker at a Sacramento State. This is where the I talked about, you know, maybe they did bring in the linebacker. We'll see where he ends up playing at the next level. 226th overall on the consensus draft board. He is dealing with an injury that he had from, uh, I believe, senior pool practices. So maybe that's one reason why they brought him in. He feels to me like potential seventh round pick special teams guy for Rich Rich Passaccia. The Packers, by the way, four seventh round picks, zero sixth round picks. So that's the round that we're going to end up getting all those guys. Rich Passaccia laser eyes. It's just let's go. <laughs> just put him in charge of the draft. He's going to pick all guys that played special teams. The other guy, Jordan Howden, uh, safety Minnesota, 227th overall. So right behind Bapu. Um, Packers were at Howden's Pro Day. I was told they're checking him out pretty hard. And then they bring him in on a visit. He's another guy who's a pretty good athlete. I think he ran a 4 4 at Minnesota. Um, has played a lot of games, has yep. been like a team captain, has been noted for playing on special teams has been noted for being able to contribute in the slot. Again, I think he, he's a different type of player than Mapu, right? Because Mapu is a hybrid linebacker safety. Um, but kind of think he fits the role as like low end roster guy, athletic can contribute to teams. Yep. Uh, I watched a little bit of him. Like he come away with a couple picks. He can break down, click close pretty well on like drag routes and mesh and stuff like that. I don't see a lot of stopping power in his tackles or anything like that. So, um, but he's got experience, like you said, probably athletic potential special teamer. The other guy, the last guy on our list, at least as Whoa. of now. What? Just saw the name. I'm surprised. Oh, okay. I thought it was hashtag breaking news or something like that. No, 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 no. Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami. Don't know what to do with this. He's ranked 72nd on the consensus draft board. So the interesting thing about him, I, I asked, so this is one that I think came out yesterday. So I started texting around asking people what they thought. Stevenson was originally at Georgia and he was the nickel at Georgia and started there as the nickel at Georgia, but then decided to transfer because he wanted to get film as an outside corner. And obviously you look at the guys who have come out of Georgia recently, right? We had two go in the first round two years ago, right now, Keely Ringo was coming out. Um, those were the guys he was kind of buried behind on the outside corner depth chart. And he just said, like, I want film out there. I need a transfer. So he ended up going to Miami. What are your thoughts on him? He's one of the last few guys that are like top 100 consensus guys I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Um, yeah, see, I've been that, pushing back on corners because I'm just like, I figure we're good at corner. We got four of them. But yeah, this guy's coming in. He's a top 100 pick. What am I supposed to do with that information? Every time I'm told I need to watch a new corner, too, I get mad because I'm like, this guy's amazing. Why didn't I watch him sooner? I mean, I literally just watched DJ Turner out of Michigan, and that kid can absolutely move. Um, so I imagine I'm going to turn on the Stevenson film, and I think I think he's amazing. So Stevenson, higher ranked than any safety that they brought in. Higher ranked than any receiver that they brought in. I think that's upset. Are they going to move him to safety? 
aren't, aren't the it. Packers just historically obsessed with taking corners early? So, I guess, but like, I don't know. Eric Stokes, are you alive? Are you out there, dude? If you're out saw, there, let me know. He's on the Packers hype video for workouts. Okay. He's like weightlifting, but. Yeah. I got just weird. Just weird with the, the comments on Rasul moving to outside corner and Nixon playing slot full time. Like, I don't get it. the last thing that they need is another cornerback right now, at least if they're going to try to look competent this season. So hopefully that's 27 of the 30 visits that the Packers are allotted. Again, I think a couple of these guys like um, the Northern Illinois wide receiver, Cole Tucker might've been a local pro day thing and, and, and been reported as a visit when it wasn't actually um, we should be getting the full list in about a week next week. What are we doing? Tyler mock draft. Yeah, mock, I think it's got to be a mock draft. How are we doing that? Are we doing the whole first round? Or are we just doing Packers? Oh, it's... I say we just do Packers, and we just yeah. go every every round, but just Packers. Dude, I tried doing the first round, or like the entire first round today, and it destroyed my brain. I was trying to do trades, and then I'd get to a pick, and I just like my I could not figure it out. No, I'm so good about it. I tweeted it out, like... I think like right after we recorded last time, I was like, mock drafts are pointless because one quarterback trade or tackle trade in this draft class just sets off a cascade of dominoes and every other pick after that gets wrong. So I have yeah. one last thing. Go ahead. Last year we manifested and we had a campaign for the two Georges. What is our thing this year? Okay. The two. So- jo- I have a pitch. Is it the same one I, I'm thinking of? Is it the two Georgias where we go for oh. Darnell Washington and Chris Smith? Oh, so I was gonna go the two Darnells. So I'm the glad two we, Darnells. We, we we took the right we took the same path but went off in di- different directions. Oh, the two Darnells is sexy. Darnell Wright, mm. Tennessee, Darnell Washington, Georgia. You've told now Christmas too late. Like that's too much of an unknown. The two Darnells yeah. feels right. I'm team two Darnells. I accept oh. it. All right, let me find the two towers poster and I'll get to work again. Let me cook. <laughs> All right, guys. That was it for this week. Next week, mock draft. Hopefully, I'll have seen more of these uh, visits so we can talk about some of those guys. Go, Pat, go.